Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today we break down the Flames Game 5 loss to the Stars. What the series would look like if Matthew Kachuk was still here and some adjustment on the uh, first line. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So it was a disappointing loss, to say the least, I feel like. Very. It was a, it was a weird day for me, Jess, just like in terms of ingesting the game. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I've been doing my best to come home and watch the game live. If not, I'll just re-record it and, and then re-watch it. Today's a bit of a crazy day for me personally. So I've been like running around, and then I listened to the first two periods on the radio and watched the third on TV, and it sounds like, the start of the game was just so dreadful to watch. It was yeah. it was bad on radio, and it, it was tough to listen to. So I guess I'm, I was spared a, a visual of a tough first period. I saw tweets um, from a couple different people um, saying that first period reminded them of how the Flames were playing against the Avalanche in last year's playoffs, which is – that's like code red. That's like code red. Like the things have gone bad for the Flames if they're playing that badly that they're – they're they're being compared to last year's playoffs. So um, I don't know if we were gonna re- if we we're gonna do our podcast in a similar fashion to how the Flames play on a particular day. What should our first segment be? Should it just be silence for six minutes and kind of do nothing, and then maybe show up yeah. in the last thirty seconds? I think that might be the best comparable. <laughs> or I don't know. We could just talk about like we could do locked on Oilers for a couple of minutes. And, yeah, sure. We you know, really could do anything. And, like how do we match the Flames' bad start? I. I don't even know. I feel like we would have to talk like we would maybe we could talk and then throw it in reverse and because it was just a disaster and mush it all up. But it was very hard to watch. I haven't seen them play like that in a very long time. And, you know, you obviously like you want to come out strong in the first period, but and I kind of figured, you know, like maybe it'll take them a few minutes to get in and get adjusted, get whatever, even though they're professional mm-hmm. athletes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just did not get any better. It got worse. <laughs> well, and so I made a note as like, it was 1-1 after that dreadful first period. Like, yes. let's not forget that. The Flames came out of a really bad period, uh, a bad first 20 minutes, and it was a tie game. So I wrote down like, Flames cannot blow this opportunity after having the first period that they had and then it being tied, right? Like that was yeah. a golden opportunity, um, a really lucky opportunity perhaps, and um, they kind of blew it. Like they lost. They lost the game. So they, they blew it, right? They mm-hmm. Um, they shot they themselves in the foot. There we go. I'm right again. I don't like being right. Being right's not no. very fun when I when the way I described this series uh, prior to the series starting. So, man, like, what do we do? Like, you they they blew an opportunity, and here we go. It's another like close game, another one goal, two one game, or mm-hmm. you know there was a five four game earlier in the series where the Flames didn't play very well, but we're back at you know just a one goal game, which I think that's the most frustrating part for me is that the Flames aren't playing well against a team that is historically not a great offensive team. Um, and they're just, they're, they're losing by that much. And it feels so frustrating because like they're right there, but yeah, not at all. Especially in a low scoring game like this, because you know, when you get to three or four goals, you know, you know, you can produce, but only being able to put up one goal in 60 minutes is an issue. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have 
the talent on the team that you do and you know is the missing factor Kachuk I think I think there's a big part to that um we'll definitely get into that next segment but um like at least for now it's just you know like this whole series we've kind of it's it, this is the fourth straight game where the stars have been better and mm-hmm. you know now it's a 3-2 series and the flames are kind of playing for their their season now at this point literally so uh, another factor that kind of adds to the, the layers of frustration that I'm building in my frustration pie. It's just, you know, the layers are becoming thick and plentiful is that Dallas outchanced the flames so bad in game four. And then in game five, it was another bad outchancing performance um, from a flames perspective. Dallas had the shot advantage. They, they were up by, a, you know, 33% um, mm-hmm. kind of halfway through the third period. And then obviously the flames caught up with the, with the late flurry in the last five minutes or so. So that's one thing. And then penalties, um, the refs were weird this game. Like I saw, I heard a bunch of criticism about the refs where the first period um, there was a couple calls, uh, four penalties in the first period. Second period, there was no penalties. Third period, there was no penalties until 15 minutes into it where there yep. was an obvious Giordano delay of game penalty. So here we go. We have the Flames making another late penalty. And I don't know, like that geo penalty, it's, it's one of those situations where it's either, you know, high chance of being scored on or take the penalty. Right. I'm I'm in the chance or in the group of um, take take the chance of being scored on, and then you know if the stars go up three one at that point, at least the flames have uh, four and a half minutes to come back. Where instead they kill a penalty for two minutes and then have two and a half minutes to recoup a one goal lead. So I mean, you do the math and it's kind of like, well, would you rather have four minutes to kind of score two goals or two minutes to score one goal? Like the math evens out, so it's right. it's kind of pick your poison at that point. But I'm in the camp where I just I don't want to be one man down that late no. in the game. So um, late penalties again, like game four issues and game five issues. If you make a list of negatives for the Flames, it looks really similar, which is not great. Yeah, I definitely feel like that uh, that late penalty was kind of foolish. Um, I don't know. I think you'd expect a little bit more from the captain, but it just shouldn't have happened. Right. And and then, so on top of the officiating weirdness is that geo penalty happens. And that's one of those penalties where it's not like you can really argue it. Like that was, that was definitely a penalty. It's, it's not being a flames homer or anything. Um, you have to make that call, but then Cogliano gets a penalty too with whatever it was like 30 seconds left in the game mm-hmm. or, or 26 seconds left. So the officiating goes from a lot in the start, absolutely none in the middle. And then it picks up again at the end. So, um, I think it's been a trend. I've tuned into a couple, you know, hockey podcasts just around the NHL and uh, different radio shows. It sounds like a bunch of series are having at least different playoff officiating than a normal playoff would have. But um, this is obviously a different playoffs entirely than a normal playoff would be. So um, you, you don't want to blame the officials yeah. ever, but it's just been, it's been weird. And that one geo penalty, like that didn't end the game for the flames necessarily. Um, but it definitely lots of lets a lot of air out of the balloon late in the game. Absolutely. And then just to kind of piggyback off of the um, officiating around the league, I know for the Bruins, um, you know, I feel like because I've been obviously watching them closely, I feel like they've gotten a lot of power plays and, you know, maybe the, the Hurricanes aren't getting mm-hmm. as many um, calls as they should. But I'm not going to complain, even though the Bruins' power play is worse right. than even strength. 
So, like, it just, it seems weird. It doesn't feel, it, it doesn't feel like a normal playoff officiating. No, not at all. So, um, I mean, there's lots of things to fix, uh, I think, with the Flames right now. But, you know, lots of things, sure, the list might be a little long, but the list is also the same, in my opinion, or very, at least very similar to what it was in Game 4. Um, so, I mean, the Flames, I don't think, should have a whole bunch of trouble finding um, the motivation or the encouragement to fix these issues. Another part of, you know, daily life that, you know, needs a lot of fixing and a lot of different parts to fix is your vehicle, Jess. And that's where our friends at rockauto.com come into play. Rockauto.com is a family owned and operated uh, business and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Uh, Rockauto.com has everything your car uh, could ever need regardless of the maker model. And we know that there are many, many, many makes and models of vehicles uh, from all over the world. And if you head to rockautos.com website, be prepared to scroll a lot because you do have to scroll to find your specific maker model, especially if it starts with the letter V, like a Volkswagen per se. Um, but they do make it nice and easy to find everything you'd ever need. Jess, another thing I love is that you and I, were definitely not pro mechanics. I think God, that's fair no. to say. God, no, it's the, that's probably the correct response. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Some places they might give those pro mechanics, you know, that little kind of extra deal just to keep them coming back. Uh, RockAuto.com, they don't mess with that at all. They don't care who you are or what your background is. You're going to get the best deal no matter what. So go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car and truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked on Flames continues. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. I think it's safe to say that Kachuk is probably not coming back. Ooh, is that safe to say? I don't know. Like I don't with, know. With the Flames season know. on the line, I don't know if that's safe to say. Uh, I think if they I, won this game, that might be safe to say, yeah. at least for game six, but... You know, we, we kind of talked about a bit, of, uh, talked about it a bit. Wow, we are both choking on our tongues right now. <laughs> uh, we both talked about it a bit yesterday. Where you know, if the Flames were to lose this game, and you know, surprise, they ended up doing that. Um, do you kind of, if Kachuk had that ability, and this is so hard to predict because we don't know what the hell he's dealing with or um, yeah. where he's at health wise. But if he is capable to play, but not necessarily at a hundred percent, do you play him? And I think with the with the season on the line now that answer might be a yes. Um, now, if this is a concussion, which a lot of people suspect it to be, all that kind of gets wiped off the table because you don't return from a concussion unless you're 100% healthy. Um, but if it's, you know, a bump bruise or that's that spear that kind of ended up in between his legs, um, up high on his left leg, I think it was, maybe that's something you can come back from a little bit earlier than, you know, 100% would be. So just given what we all suspect it to be, you know, who knows if he's going to be back. Um, but man, I don't know about you, Jess, but these games, I don't know if boring is the right word, but the Flames just don't, it's they not don't energized, do right? Yeah, I thought that maybe it was just me because like I've been tired today and I was like, oh, you know, like maybe it's just because I'm tired. The Flames like are just hockey just doesn't seem interesting. But then I was like, oh no, they're playing like crap. Right. So. Well, and that's the Kachuk magic. Like, I think yeah. when I first came on this podcast with you uh, about a month ago, I talked about how Kachuk is one of my favorite players to watch because he makes that, you know, middle of the week game in the in February exciting yeah. against the random opponent that you really don't even want to watch. But then you, it's, it's a You're game like, with huh. Matthew Kachuk involved. So, you know, you kind of there's always a draw there, right? There's always a draw right. to watch the Flames. And right and now 
it's it's, it's not there. from a viewer's perspective it's not there how about from a like the on ice like jeff ward doesn't care if we're enjoying watching the game or not but how much is he missing Kachuk right now? Like, how different do you think? Would this be a 3-2 star series if Kachuk had been healthy uh, the whole way through? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, the Flames might have closed out the series tonight if he was healthy. Um, I just – I don't know. It just seems like he really is the missing factor right now. And I yeah. think that's yeah. easy to say because – he's out and it's not like somebody else is out with him but like he's he's the puzzle piece that's missing right and you know it's it just makes you so appreciative of of what he does when he's in the lineup even though like it it's a little bit of pesty and you know like the other fan bases hate watching this guy right but you know it it's why the Bruins have probably won a Stanley Cup is because they've had Brad Marchand it's why the Bruins have probably been one of the best teams in the league for a decade it's because they have Brad Marchand. Like, if you have a skilled team, but you also have that element of a guy who's a little pesty, but also very good, like, look at how good it is. And the Bruins are kind of perfect evidence, but the Flames obviously haven't been able to replicate that. Now, the Flames don't have Patrice Bergeron, uh, David Krejci, and David Pasternak, and Stanley Chari. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're different teams for sure, but um, there's a success formula with a guy like Matthew Kachuk on a roster uh, that a GM can build around. Uh, you know, I think another area where the Kachuk being gone kind of factors in a bit. And it sounds weird to say is that just the Flames kind of starts the games. Um, the third line has started, I think, all but one game this series. Uh, and they've been good at starting games, like literally for that first shift. But then after that first shift, it kind of dies off. Mm-hmm. When you have Matthew Kachuk in the lineup, you can make him, you can put him on the starting line and he's going to start the game in, you know, a, a forceful fashion and, you know, get a hit or get a shot or get a chance, do something. Um, but then you can follow up with that third line and they can do what they've been doing and, and vice versa. Right. So yeah. right now it's just kind of like, and it's kind of the whole, the story of the series right now where the flames bottom six has had better games than the flames top six. Um, so when the, when the third line starts, there's really not much to be followed up by after that. Uh, so, I mean, Kachuk, it just does so much and the things he does on the ice is great, but what he does, you know, when, when the flames team when his teammates are watching him play it kind of it subconsciously would probably impact how they're going to play like absolutely that makes sense at all yeah like they feed off of his energy right exactly that's a great way to put it i think that every team kind of has that one or two guys that they can just kind of feed off of and whether it be because they're a fantastic you know locker room presence or because of what they bring to the actual game when when the puck drops I think that it's so important that the Flames either have Kachuk back or they find somebody who they can build that momentum around mm-hmm. rather then, quickly. you know we talked I, I was mentioning that those layers of frustration like here's a yet another layer of frustration is the guy who has been elevated in Kachuk's absence, Tobias Reeder has done a fantastic job. And even today, and we're going to get into this next segment, but today we saw him get promoted up all the way up to the first line. So the fact that the flames, a lost Kachuk is frustrating. B the guy who's replacing Kachuk or technically kind of filling his role is playing well. And the flames are still losing and still getting outperformed, you know, for four consecutive games. Um, you know, if you told me the, that the Flames are going to lose Kachuk for four games and they'd be the worst team for the next four games, I'd say, yeah, no kidding. Like, who's going to fill, fill his shoes, right. right? But Tobias Reeder has done that um, and kind of given everything the Flames have asked of him. Um, and yet the Flames have still been the worst team for four straight games. So, once again, 
those layers of frustration keep building. I'm going to build a house of, out of frustration, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I think you probably could. It's just, it keeps piling up and it's unfortunate because, you know, we, <laughs> for content reasons, we want this show to keep going or for their, um, for their season, season to keep yeah. going but also like you know it'd be nice to see them win <laughs> by the way i do hate to break it to you but your flames and six prediction it's has gone has passed yeah it's it's no longer it's not, not a possibility well i don't really like it like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like the chances of it you know coming to life right now flames and seven um but there's a chance but I'm not liking the chances, but there there is technically a chance. Uh, coming up next, you're listening to Locked on Flames. We are going to get into the in-game adjustment Jeff Ward made, making, and we mentioned it earlier, uh, Tobias Reeder a first-liner, playing with Goudreau and Monaghan while Lindholm went down to the second line with Backland. Um, is that something we should be seeing next game, or do you kind of want things to go back to normal? Uh, Justin, I will get into that next. You're listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. I'm a big fan of switching things up when there seems to be an issue. Um, and maybe not an issue, but... You just need to change sometimes, yeah, right? You gotta, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta shake it up somehow. Right. And I think that, you know... We see a lot of coaches maybe switching up their first line or double shifting one of the wingers. And I I don't know. I <laughs> nothing happened tonight to make me think that it was a good or bad idea. Right. I think it was definitely a good idea within the context of today's game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, not not only within the context of today's game, but given what you've seen from the Goudreau line this whole series there obviously hasn't been too much there especially at even strength there hasn't been much there at all um so that alone is enough to convince you to kind of switch things up but then you also get to how well tobias reader is playing so you're like okay well this guy's playing well uh we kind of need to switch things up let's do it and i you know it was it was nice because there was definitely some frustration building and i saw on twitter you know some calls being made for jeff ward to figure things out with his first line uh, and one way to kind of you know figure things out maybe not figure things out but at least temporarily you know put a roll of duct tape duct tape over things and and just spark something is by switching up the lines and you know i saw someone i think it was wes gilbertson who does uh who covers the flames here for one of the papers out here in calgary he tweeted out that if kachuk was healthy and playing in this game he would have been the one on that first line instead of reader um which i think makes you know totally a lot of sense but obviously given how well reader's playing he was the one who got the call You know, I think if for game six, um, if Kachuk is healthy and playing, I I don't think this is much of a conversation. I think it's going to probably be uh, the standard lines where Kachuk's on the second Mm -hmm. line because you don't want to have him come back from injury and and have to play a first line role, perhaps. Um, So at least he'll maybe start on the second line and then halfway through the game, if things aren't going well, get jumped to the first line. Uh, However, if he's not playing, um, which seems to be at least the likely scenario, at least maybe 60% likely, um, so more than half, you know, I don't know. I think maybe Lindholm um, gets a shot back up there on the first line. And this is kind of where you say you guys have 10 minutes or maybe one period to prove to me that you guys want to, you know, you want to continue the season and you don't want to lose. If that first line, which, 
the three of them haven't been giving you much all series, if they continue to do that, then that's when you kind of make the call and, and get Reader back up there. Uh, I don't know if I want to see Reader up there the whole game, but you know, if, if they're not playing well enough to have Elias Lindholm on, on their line, then so be it. Um, and that's kind of one of the nice things that you have with Lindholm is he's such a versatile player that you can, for him, shuffling around is kind of no big deal. He's pretty good fit with almost anyone. Um, it's just having that guy who can kind of fill his shoes. And Jess, I don't know about you, but I've been hearing a lot of Calgary reporters say Lindholm, you know, they all have that line. I, I wrote it down. Let me find this here in two seconds. They all have that line where they kind of just make you read in between the lines as to mm-hmm. where, oh, this guy, you know, he looks pretty banged up or he, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, I wonder if Lindholm is a little banged up. Um, I've heard that too many times for it to be a wonder anymore. Like that's just kind of one of those read in between the lines. This guy's dealing with something. We know it. The, the team's mm-hmm. told us, but we can't like reveal our sources kind of thing. So um, that's not great for, re-sparking your first line but um, like I said I I at least want them to have a chance together to kind of prove that they you know they get the chance to save the season if it doesn't work then you got to do what you got to do to win that game six definitely and you know I kind of hope that they figure it out and figure it out early so that way there's more time ahead of them to keep that momentum going but um I think a crucial part um, to uh, to the Flames avoiding elimination is scoring first. Yes, yeah. and I just, I think that that will be a nice confidence boost, and it would be wonderful if it was from the top line. Right. That yeah, that would be probably the dream scenario. But you're right. Starting <laughs> like like I mentioned earlier, you can you can start well in the first shift, but you know, there's, there's still more hockey to be played after the first shift. So if they could score a goal on that second shift or third shift, or even the first shift that I agree with you, um, that would make a big world of difference. And, you know, not only for the flames confidence, but, you know, probably do something for Dallas, at least negatively. Right. Which is um, kind of the swing of what you need right now, because they are a team that is on the up, they're on the upswing, they're playing better and they've been the better team four games in a row now. So uh, knock their confidence off early and then take advantage of that and don't let that opportunity slip. So game six, uh, Thursday night or not Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night. There we go. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, the season could be over this week, Jess. <laughs> that would be very sad and very disappointing uh, because, you know, it would be another first round exit for the flames, but hopefully they get it together and it's, um, not the end of the season <laughs> right i can't believe we actually had today the the colorado comparison from last year like yeah, I, I did not see that coming at all in this playoffs regardless of how long the flames kind of went uh, i did not see that coming one bit yes but coming up tomorrow we will bring you more flames coverage and take a deeper look to see you know what's going around the calgary beat you can follow us on twitter at jessica belmosto and sean underscore lavery be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as, soon as it's available each day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Stars with Josh Clark and Kevin Nash, as the, as the two of those guys will have you covered from Dallas's perspective all series long and hopefully get eliminated in seven games. Boom. But. <laughs>